Um, I, uh, I am the baby of my family. So I was the third born um, when I had my, my two brothers. There's Ross and there's Brad and then me. And I'm seven and nine years behind those guys. So I'm the, any babies in the family? Any babies? Yeah, babies unite. That's great. Um, you know what I'm talking about here, <laughs> Hey, I see you. I, I see you. I see you're great. You're wonderful. You're valuable, all you babies. It's awesome. Uh, that was me. And then my parents got divorced, and then my dad got remarried, and so we ended up with three more siblings, and I was still at the bottom. So I was the last of six, still the baby of the family. And it wasn't just that, but there was a girl in the family now, because it was all boys, and then there's one girl above me. And so she got all the attention, and still not me. But I'm fine. I'm fine. I was at Catalyst Retreat last weekend, and I'm fine. I'm fine. I grew up my whole life being known as, oh, you're Ross and Brad's little brother. Anybody had this experience? Oh, you're so-and-so's brother. Oh, you're so-and-so's sister. It's so annoying. I went to college in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and both of my brothers went to that college. And they both sang there, and I sang there. And so I showed up to audition to sing in places, and they'd say, oh, Ross and Brad's little brother. <laughs> no, Ross is Brent's brother, Brent's older brother. So that was kind of my, my whole college experience. Um, so have you ever been mocked like that? You know, you just, you, you're just known for something, and you didn't necessarily choose it. So as I'm going through all of my, high, my college years, um, I just did several things. Like I sung, I sang, I sang, sung, I singed, I singed a lot. And it's just been that kind of a day, everybody. So I sung a lot, sang a lot. Man, I sang a lot. Sang a lot? Let's just say it a bunch of times. Sang a lot, sang a lot, sang a lot. Now it sounds weird, sang a lot. It's kind of like saying slacks over and over again. Anyway, let's keep going. So, so <laughs> what's happening today? Oh, see, I made Karen leave now. Great. I said, no, I'm sorry, Karen. Sorry, Karen. It's just, everybody, it's just going to be that kind of day around here. So buckle up. Here we go. Um, so... I sang quite a bit there, and um, so we'd sing in chapel and stuff like that, and I, I had several moments. I sang with these two girls. We sang a, a special song one day for a chapel service, and it was called Testify to Love. It was an Avalon song, and so we sang the song, and, and you know, people kind of, there's a little CCM, contemporary Christian music, and you know, the students, they love that, and so, so, they, they, so at the end of that service, I would walk around campus, and people would go, oh, hey, it's Testify to Love guy, and that's what I was known for. Oh, I testified a love guy. Yeah, I, I guess, I guess. Or we sang this DC Talk song uh, called In the Light, and it's a Charlie Peacock song, but we sang this song. And, and, and we did the DC Talk version. Now, in the, in the middle of that song, towards the, there's, a little, there's a little bridge, and he sings, honesty becomes me, and there's this little whisper, there's nothing left to lose. <laughs> and so we thought it was funny. We're college kids. We thought it was funny, and so I did that. So we're singing chapel, you know, 4,000 students, and the guy sings, honesty becomes me, and I said, there's nothing and, and everyone's like, bah! And they thought it was just the greatest thing ever. So you know what happened after that? I'm walking around for months across the campus. Hey, whisper guy. That's me, whisper guy. I have a name. My name is Brent Parsley, and Ross and Brad are my brothers. This is kind of what happens, though. You get marked by something that you do, and it just lasts. You get marked by a decision or marked by a moment or a series of moments, and it just lasts. And that's why we're talking about this idea of legacy, because it's happening to you as well. 
It's happened to you in silly examples like the ones I give you, but it's also happening for the whole of your life. And you've already created some moments that are going to live on beyond you. You've already created some things that people are going to say about you when you're gone one day. And so we have the opportunity now to form and shape what those words will be. And it's not for us, and it's not for our benefit. The point of legacy is, is that we leave something that lives on beyond us for other people. It makes a difference for eternity. Now, around One Chapel, we kind of have this mission, and you probably know it. If you don't, you should. What we want to do around here is we want to help people move. Move from where they are to where God wants them to be. And all of us are on that journey because we all get stuck. We all get stagnant in faith. We all kind of stop along the way. And so we want to help people move. And on that journey, we want people to do a bunch of things. We want them to do four things, really. We want them to first experience God. They would experience the presence and life of God every time you show up here, every time you go to a group, every time you're at Catalyst together, every time you're just waking up in the morning because you've learned about the presence of Jesus and you experience his life and get filled up for the day and give him the glory that he deserves. We want you to live a life like that. First, we want you to experience God. Then we want you to find some freedom because all of us got stuff. We've all got issues. We've all got baggage. We've all got things that we pick up along the way in life, and you've got to get rid of that stuff if you're going to live the life that you're called to live. So you know, we want you to settle the yesterday. Just be done with everything from yesterday and move forward. And once you've found some freedom, then we want you to discover purpose. Why am I here on the earth? What am I doing here? Catalyst is kind of the primary way that we try to help push that forward, but there's lots of other ways. We want you to know why you're here. And once you discover your purpose, then we want you to do what we're all called to do, and that is to make a difference to make a difference in the lives of people around us. So this is what we're doing. And so we're going to go on this journey over the next several weeks. And we're to, this journey is not going to be so much about us. We're going to go on this journey for other people. We're not going to spend so much time on us. We're going to spend time on other people and how we want to make a difference in their lives. We're going to think about others and think about leaving them a good legacy. Now, a simple way to talk about this idea of legacy, and I think this is in your notes, legacy is what people remember once you're gone. The legacy that you're going to leave, it's, it's what people remember once you're gone. And as we said, you're actively building one right now, and it's either good or bad. Listen to Psalm 112, verse 5. It says, Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. Isn't that great? Generous here, it does, it's not just about money. This is about your life. This is about all of you and sharing your life. How does that work? Because some of you are like, no, 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 no. I feel like I'm serving God. I feel like, I feel like I'm being generous with my life. I think I'm serving other people, and I feel like I'm shaking in life. I feel some shaking. I've been through some shaking. And that's true. That's not actually what this verse is talking about. He's saying if you live this kind of a life, you will actually experience some shaking in your life. It won't always be stable and secure, but it says that they will never be shaken. You'll never falter. You'll never fail. You'll never go down. You might experience a little shaking, but you'll never be shaken. So we're going to do several things over the next couple months that I just want you to be really aware of. The first is, is that we're going to receive a legacy offering on December 9th, uh, 2018, this year. This is something that we do every year, and I just want you to know about it now. About seven weeks out now, I just want to tell you about it so that you can pray, think about it, and prepare. I don't ever want you to be put in a position where you feel pressured, where you feel like we're kind of squeezing you, or we're trying to manipulate you into doing something. I don't want any part of that at all. 
All I want you to do is pray and ask God, how should I participate? And then you just do what he says. Talk about it with your spouse. Talk about it with family and friends. And just kind of make a decision. But we'll take this one offering. It's above our tithes and offerings. It's all about the legacy that we're going to leave where we make a difference. And we kind of take a massive step forward as a church. You might remember we did this last year. And we gave towards one chapel's vision of 10 churches in 10, in 10 years. Uh, we've got three so far. So we still got some work to do, everybody. We gave toward a permanent location for us. Come on, everybody. Somebody say, permanent location. Evo's awesome, but we're ready to put some roots down, everybody. And we're ready to not slug speakers around everywhere. So that would be a great day. Great day. Oh, I feel that witness. Uh, is that what you do? You feel a witness? I think that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, Got to ask compost. Um, we bought a bus and a van for our students to go back and forth uh, to Austin, and that's really going great. We served a bunch of families, our own families at Christmas, and uh, the other campuses did the same thing. Like uh, Lake Travis, they actually, they went to a, this little country diner. You may have seen the story, little country diner, and they remodeled it. They totally remodeled the thing over a weekend and totally blessed that, that little couple that runs that store. It's a beautiful thing that they did. So you should know this about us. Every year, we take the first 10% of all of our giving, all the tithes and offerings, we take 10% and we give that away to global and local missions. That's what I was referring to earlier. You're always giving away. You're always being generous uh, as you give your tithes and offerings. We participate in planning churches all over the U.S. with an organization called the ARC. It's the Association of Related Churches. You are doing that. They're planning churches just about every Sunday. I think maybe that they are up to, I think it's around 800 churches, if I'm, if I'm right. It's about 800 churches, and you have participated in a bunch of those. It's incredible what you're doing. We save 2% every year towards future one chapels in our area, so you're already doing that. And we do partner with uh, over 30 local organizations. And there's ministry happening all the time. And you, as a One Chapel family member that gives, you are participating in all of that stuff. I think you should give yourselves a hand because it's pretty awesome that you're involved in all that stuff. It's really incredible. So this year, we want to give towards the vision of 10 churches in 10 years because that is One Chapel's vision and we want to be a part of that. Taking a, a, a local community planting it in an area, having it put roots deep down, and becoming difference makers in that region. We want to put some more money away so that we can get that permanent location. Come on, everybody. 2018, let's make that the year. It'll be great. All right, we're going to do that. And then we're going to kind of open up again and dream. What other stuff can we do, like Camino Real? What's the other things? We've got a bunch of things that are swirling around. I told you some things just briefly last week that are on my heart that just instantly creep up in me. I don't know if that's the direction we're going yet, but we're praying, we're working, we're studying, we're doing a little bit of research. And so let's those dreams come alive in you. What could we do to make a difference this year in people who are far from God? We're going to go for it. So I'm excited about all of that. That offering will be on December 9th this year. So mark your calendars, make plans, pray, ask God, and just do that. The second thing is random acts of kindness. Some of you got those cards last week. There's some out in the lobby, and so you could pick up some more of those on the way out. But that's just an opportunity for you at Starbucks to pay for somebody's coffee behind you. Or get them in your car, take them over to a good coffee shop, and oh, no. I'm so sorry. If you work at Starbucks, bless you. Bless you. Really. Uh, pay for somebody's coffee. Pay for the person in drive through behind you. Get some flowers. Take them to a neighbor. Go mow somebody's yard. Like just do something and bless somebody else for no other reason than just to be kind, to be generous with your life. Third thing is feature presentation is coming up in two weeks. 
And so uh, two Sundays from now, we're going to be starting our feature presentation series where we'll have four weeks of movies intercut with teaching, and it is a perfect time to invite somebody who's far from God to come and hear the gospel story, take them out to lunch after, and talk about what you heard together. Just an amazing, amazing opportunity. Uh, And listen, I want you to do it. I want you to find somebody and bring them with you. Like each of those four Sundays, it would be awesome to just have somebody with you. It will be two things. The absolute most nerve-wracking Sunday you've ever had as you're sitting there with somebody who's far from God and they're listening to all of us and you're looking at me like, don't you dare screw this up. <laughs> there is nothing like that feeling of sitting there like that. And then, uh, and the other thing is, man, it's just a lot of fun. It's so, it's so wonderful and uh, it's a great, great, great opportunity. And it will probably be your favorite Sunday of the year as somebody hears about Jesus and makes a decision for him. What an amazing opportunity that you have. So, listen, I want you to, want you to raise your right hand real quick. Don't worry, just raise your right hand. I am dep- deputizing all of you, all right? In those weeks, be the kindest, most welcoming, most wa- you're all greeters, you're all on the team, you're all taking care of people that day. Everyone say, I will. I all right, good for you. Uh, and the fourth thing is uh, this Camino Real Fall Festival next Friday, October 26th. 6 to 8.30. Man, I hope you come with me. Again, you can text one chapel to 313131 and come with me and my family and take care of those people. This is the kind of stuff we're doing, everybody. The reason we exist as a church is to make a difference for eternity. I do not want to come and occupy seats and go home. I don't want to do that. I don't want to lead a church like that. I don't want to go to a church like that. I don't want to be a church like that. I want to be a church that makes a difference, that gets outside the four walls of our church and doesn't just fill up on a Sunday and just kind of carry that and just kind of leaks out through the week. That's how it works. It leaks out like that. I don't want to do that. I want to be somebody who gets filled up on Sunday and Monday morning and Tuesday morning and I go and I'm actively giving out when I'm at work and I'm actively giving out to my family and people at the mall and those jerks on I-35. I mean those blessed people on I-35. I'm giving, I'm just giving it out. This is what we're doing around here, everybody, and your life matters. I think you're like me, and you want to make a difference, too, to leave a positive legacy in the world. But today, just for our our last remaining moments, I want to talk to you about this foundational idea for our church, because I think think actually most people are serving God the wrong way. (laughs) I think people are serving God and following God the wrong way, because most people are actually following God out of some sort of obligation, like, I'm, I'm obligated to go do this. I'm supposed to go to church and check off the box and do my spiritual thing for the day. And if I did that, I'm a good Christian. I think people are they're, they're following God after, out of some kind of obligation or a have to and not the get to. And I don't want us to be those kinds of people. So they don't enjoy reading the Bible. They don't, they don't enjoy prayer. It's a major drag for them. And so what happens is we've got this generation of religious people that are following God out of duty instead of passion out of some kind of sense of duty instead of the passion that we can have. They're not enjoying the amazing adventure of following God. They're not enjoying the adventure of advancing his kingdom in the earth. They're not enjoying the wonderful part of being the hot spot of Holy Spirit activity in the earth. They're missing all, out on all of that. And that is not God's best plan for your life. There's a place, certainly there's a place for obedience and discipline I know it's not all rainbows and sunshine all the time. There's a place, and I'm thankful, and I think we all need obedience, and I think we need discipline. Those things are good and necessary. I just think God doesn't want you to stay there. You don't have to stay in that place. I think serving Jesus should be a delight. It should be delightful, not just a duty, a 
Of course, there are moments when you just have to do the right thing and in discipline, keep moving forward. I know sometimes that life is hard, but even when it's hard, I know that deep down with inside of me, there's still this sense of joy and delight because he's with me. And I want you to have that. Church should not be something that you endure. It shouldn't be something that you suffer through. It should be something that you can come and enjoy and bask in the life of God and community with other believers. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God actually working in you, working to change your will, actually working in you. Because of his work, you're willing. You're willing to obey. You're willing to read your Bible. You're willing to pray. You're willing to go to church. You're willing. You get to the place where it's not just I have to. No, I actually want to. I want you to experience that kind of life. Listen to it in the New Living Translation, Philippians 2.13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. I want you to have that life. You have the desire and the power to do what pleases him. I want your faith journey to be like that. So check this out. Here in Exodus 35.21, Exodus 35.21, Moses, he's, he's gathering materials for the tabernacle, and here's what it says. Then everyone came whose heart was stirred, and everyone whose spirit was willing, and they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of meeting, for all its service, and for the holy garments. This is an amazing, this amazing philanthropic moment where he's, people are all bringing what they've got so that they can kind of make the tabernacle work. You've got to realize, these people that we're talking about in Exodus, they were a set-up and tear-down church. They knew, the, they knew all the pains and struggles that we did of setting up, tearing down, moving somewhere else. That's what they were doing. And if you move forward a little bit, you've got Solomon who's starting to set up the temple. And David is working on this in some of his last days. And he says, because David's like, no, we don't want to just have this temporary space. We need a permanent place. And in 1 Chronicles 29.3, similar things happening now for the temple. Moreover, because I have set my affection. You see it? I've set my affection on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above of all that I have prepared for the holy house. You hear what he's saying? Like David is the guy that's wearing the I love my church shirt. Like he wears it every day. Like he's got the sticker on his car and his van. He had a lot of kids, so he had to have a minivan or several. Uh, he's, he's definitely got the yard sign out. Like he did the whole thing. He did it all. He's like, I love my church. I love this. And there's this required level of giving, but, I, but I'm going to go way over that. In verse 5, who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? Who else is willing? Who else is going to consecrate? Who else is coming with me on this journey? Verse 6, then the leaders of the father's houses, leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of thousands and of hundreds with the officers over the king's work. Here it is. They offered willingly. Not because they had to. Not because someone forced them. They gave willingly verse 7 9 they gave for the work of the house of god then the people rejoiced for they had offered willingly because with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the lord and king david also rejoiced greatly look what david says in verse 17 then all these things i have given willingly and with honest intent and now i have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you that's how I want to lead this church. I love what we've done so far. I love what we did today. I love what we've given to Camino Real. Not just the bonus, but just working towards building a relationship and connecting with them and helping them. 
I, I love that we invest in the next generation. We help them go on camps and retreats. I love that we plant churches in the Austin region. I love that we're doing all of this, and I just want to keep willingly doing it more and more and more. Why? 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 Why is this so important? Why are we spending so much time on this? Because it's what God is looking for. This is what God is looking for. Listen to 2 Corinthians 8, 12. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable. If the willingness is there, the gift becomes acceptable. So the question that we have to get to today is, how do I get that kind of heart? Where does this kind of willingness come from? Because I think when you're passionate about anything in life, your passion comes from having a why that you understand. I understand why I'm doing something. And when I can understand a why, now I've got passion. And I've got that understanding that drives passion in me and helps me love the thing that I'm doing. I heard one pastor say this, but when I lose my why, I lose my way. When I forget the why of what I'm doing, I I lose my way. When you forget why you married your spouse in the first place, then you start getting frustrated and mad and upset about this and that. And you start kind of looking around a little bit because... You forgot the why. You, you don't like your job anymore, and you're frustrated, and oh, my boss is such a pain, and my coworkers, this and that, and you just, you're frustrated with where you are, but you forgot that you asked for that job in the first place, and you forgot your why. You forgot why you loved it. You forgot why you wanted it. You just, you just, you just forgot, and if you can just remember, well, all that can come back. You've got to remember the why. I think this happens in faith, too. Your faith kind of fizzles out. Why? Because you forgot your why. I forgot my first love. I forgot, I just, I stopped paying attention to all the amazing things that God has done for me. I lost my why and my faith fizzled out. You can get back to it though, but you've got to know and you've got to remember the why. So why do we do this? Why do we focus on this idea of legacy? Why do we put our focus on this once every year? This isn't something everybody that we have to do. We get to do this thing every year. And so let's talk about some of the whys really quick before we go. If you're going to remember the why, I think we do this because Jesus gave to us first. <laughs> Jesus gave to you first. Matthew 10, 8 says, freely you have received, so freely give. Fun little note here. Um, people come to us sometimes and say, TAG, the, the student ministry, what does TAG stand for? And um, depending on how we feel at the time, we'll be snarky or not. And so we might say, Teens after God, and that's not what it stands for. Um, totally awesome God, that's a good one. My kids are right now making up a whole bunch of terrible ones that I can't tell you. Um, and so I'm working on them. It's a process, all right? Uh, but actually, tag comes from this verse. We don't actually say this because acronyms are a thing of the 90s and they should die. But, uh, but, but this is the verse that it comes from. Freely you've received, so freely give. So we take what God has given and we give it away to other people. Take and give. That's, what, that's the history of tag student ministries. If you read it in the message version, it says, you have been treated generously, so live generously. You've been given so much, so you can live generously. When you realize and you remember everything that God has done for you, giving is easy. Surrendering your life becomes easy. When you've had a real experience with God himself, and he's transformed and changed you and filled you and done so much, it all just kind of starts to flow out of you. I want you to experience that. English novelist John Bonnell said, if one first gives himself to the Lord, all other giving is easy. If you can do that first step and give all of yourself to him first, all the other giving that you're going to do in life, it becomes easy. 
Why else do we do this? Well, we do it because it's better to give than to receive. It's just better. Acts 20, 35 says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That word blessed in the Greek is makarios, and it means, it means giddy. It means happy. If you're from the South, it means I'm fired up. <laughs> it, means, it means that it's fun. Like it's fun. This thing that we do, it's a blast. Listen to it in the message version. You'll not likely go wrong here if you keep remembering that our master said, you're far happier giving than getting. Far happier. Uh, my kids, uh, it's probably, I don't know, sometime last year, they did a lemonade stand out in our neighborhood. And I, I, think, I think you have to have a permit or something, so we didn't do that, so oops. But, but my kids set up like on the busy road through our neighborhood. They had a table, and you know, there's the cutest little faces. And, and so people just pulled by all afternoon long. They made like 60 bucks, 60 or 70 bucks. Each? Why didn't they give me any of that? <laughs> they made 60 bucks each in an afternoon. And so it's, I mean, you t- listen, it was fun, but it wasn't just fun for them. People drive up, and they're, hey, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're having a lemonade stand. Oh, that's great. Hey, yeah, give me a couple. You know, I didn't have anybody with you, but yeah, give me a couple. Have you done this? Right? So they come over, and, you know, they, they carry cups like this, like they put their hands in it, like this, and they <laughs> carry it over, their fingers in it. <laughs> right? You're like, oh, yeah, great. Great. And they're like, that's 50 cents. And you're like, no, oh, 50 cents. Well, here's a couple bucks. And they're like, what? Whoa, one for each of us? Oh my gosh. And they're having the greatest time. And then you drive away. You got cups in your hand and you're trying not to crash. And you're like, yeah, okay, let's just throw those away because I am not drinking that. But, but you had a great time. Why? Because it's more fun. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. It's great to give stuff away. And you can experience that thing. That's why we do this. Churchill said, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. Man, I believe that. If you don't like the way your life is headed right now, if you're frustrated and upset and disappointed, go out and serve somebody else. If you don't like the direction that your life is in, then this afternoon, tomorrow night, go mow your neighbor's lawn. Just go do it. You watch what happens to you. Or better yet, stick around today and help us tear this thing down. (laughs) Relax, They're gonna, you're going to make them think I'm not serious. I'm serious. <laughs> Stick around and help out. Give something of yourself and see what happens to you. Carry one of these speakers and see what happens to you. <laughs> Jump on the team. Just serve somebody else and you'll experience this life. Just do something and watch how much happier your life will be. We do this also because I'm in covenant with God and with you. I'm in covenant with God and with you. You know, God has a plan for the earth and you're part of it. And what God wants to do is he wants to group people together. He wants to get them together in relationship with one another. And he wants us to get close enough so that we can actually start to help each other and sharpen one another. And we can actually do more together than we ever can alone. That's what his plan is. And that's why your relationships are so important. And that's why the enemy attacks those relationships so relentlessly. That's why your relationships are busted, because the enemy wants to ruin that plan by tearing you and those relationships apart. And if you let that happen, you'll never be effective. Your full potential can only be reached when you find a covenant family that you decide, I'm going to live with. That doesn't have to be here, by the way. There's a bunch of other great churches around the Austin region, and there there are several that I would go to today. I think it's awesome. So it doesn't have to be here, but it does need to be somewhere. You need to be in some place where you can be known, where you can know people, and you can live this kind of life in covenant. I need this. You need this too. Psalm 92, 13. 
those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. When you get here, that's where you'll flourish too. You will. You'll have something that you were, you'll not only just you'll just realize that, oh, I think I can do this. You'll start to connect with other believers and you'll realize, oh, God's really doing a thing here in me. And we together are really making a difference. Listen to Ecclesiastes 4.9. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Two is better than one. Get connected to some people. When you put your strengths with other people, something I think really powerful happens. And I want, please, one chapel, I want you to remember this with me. I believe that none of us are as good as all of us. <laughs> none of us alone is nearly as good as all of us together. So just decide, I'm going to join the family. Uh, real quick, we just got two more here, we'll finish fast. We do this because I believe in the vision of the local church. I deeply believe in the local church. I genuinely believe that God has called us as a local church to make a difference in our community. Ephesians 3.10 says, Through followers of Jesus like yourselves gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. Isn't that great? Did you know, I, I read the stat that said that 80% of the hurricane relief from Harvey came through Christians. 80% of the hurricane relief came through Christians. And, and some Cajuns, apparently. But, but uh, I'm not, sure, not exactly sure how that part works. But whatever. Uh, 65% of the hospitals in poverty-stricken areas of the world are put there by Christians. 65%. So listen, if you take Christians out of the mix, if you take churches and Christians out of the mix, the world is in chaos. Some people don't believe that. Some people don't think that that could be true, but it's true. I believe with all my heart that the local church is the hope of the world. And Pastor Chris Hodges from Birmingham, Alabama, that's, that's how we say it here. He, he said the local church mobilized is the hope of the world. The local church realizing who we are is the hope of the world. So I just got one more. And if there's no other reason why we do this, I think this, we could have just said this and we could have been done. What would you waste my time for? Well, I hoped you'd learn something. <laughs> Why don't you guys come on back up? We do this because, and please hear me, one day we want to hear, well done. One day we want to hear the Father look at us and say, well done. Good job. Sometimes I think about it, do you? Sometimes I imagine the scene. And I don't know exactly what it looks like, but I think maybe I'm standing in some kind of holding area. <laughs> you know, it's gold. Looks like a TBN set. <laughs> some of you understand that. There's gold around. I don't know, it's beautiful. It's peaceful. I'm kind of standing there with everybody, and I don't know how it happens. Maybe a dove flies in and drops a note in my hands, or maybe it's over a loudspeaker, or maybe it just comes in my head. Brent Parsley, it's time. And so I start walking, walk down the golden hallway and I see people walk by. I'm like, oh, is that Peter? Oh my gosh, it's Peter. Oh, this is crazy. You know, and just, just recognizing people. It's family members. Oh, so good to see you. I'm walking along. And then I turn around the corner. And we open up the doors. And there he is. I'm in awe. I'm overwhelmed at the sight of him. And I walk forward, and I want to start talking because that's what I do. I talk. And so I want to tell him everything. Oh, oh I can't believe that. And he says, oh, no, 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 wait, just wait, just wait. 
Hang on a second. Let me go first. Let me tell you first. I'm proud of you. You did it. I gave you all the stuff. I, I gave you a great wife and some great kids. And gave you some pastoral skills and giftings. And, and you took it all and you, and you did it. You did everything that you could. And I'm so proud of you. Great job. Great job. And I said, no, no, it's, no, it's not me. I, it, was, it was you. I, I, just, I just said, no, just, shh, just wait. Come on, I'm the boss here. Just, just let me finish. Let me finish. I just want you to know how great it is, how proud I am of you, and I want to reward you. I want to give you some rewards. No, but I don't just stop it. I want to give you some. You can see it actually in Scripture. Jesus said he's going to come back in the clouds one day and he's going to bring some rewards with him. Matthew 16, 27. For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. That word in the Greek is apodidomai, and it means he wants to pay you back. <laughs> what? He wants to pay you back. He wants to give back to us. Oh, God, God, you know, you've, you've done so much for me. Hey, my show, my thing. I want to reward you. I want all of us to experience that day. Matthew 25, 23, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. He wants you to share in his happiness. Listen to me. Listen to me, Gwen Chapel. You have to keep going. You have to keep going. You can't give up. You can't quit can't bow out it's not going to be easy there will be rough seasons and there will be challenges but that day for you is coming and I want you to be prepped and ready for it to show up and hear him say well done good and faithful servant but if you start to forget why we do all these things that we do if you forget and, or didn't realize why you show up here on a Sunday morning or why you go to Catalyst or why you go to a group or why you connect or why you read your Bible or why you pray or why you worship with passion, if you forget, you won't make it. You're going to miss that day because you'll give up and you, you'll slide back into selfishness because that's just what we all do naturally. You'll slide back into self-centered living. But if you can remember the why, you can keep going. And you can make it, and you can do it, and you can leave a legacy. Last, make a difference for eternity. Because the truth is, there's more to this life than this life. There's more to what you're doing today than what you're doing today. There's more to this life than this life. Why don't you close your eyes, put your notes down. We're just going to end in prayer together. Close your eyes, bow your heads. Jesus, I ask that you would help us to realize. Help us to remember. Help us to come back to the why. You are that why. You're the reason that we do all of these things. So across this room today, 
I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that that reality would come alive in every heart and mind. Let it come alive in us. Remind us again today, why? Speak to everyone who's frustrated. Speak to every heart that wants to give up and quit and help them remember you're not doing this alone. You have someone on your side propelling you forward if you'll just surrender. And God, across this room today, help us to surrender to you. The reality is that probably for some of us in the room today, that scene that I was doing a poor job of painting, that seems like a long way off to you because your relationship with God has been broken. It's been severed. Or maybe you've just never even had one. Today is the day that you can fix that. You can repair that because Jesus has already done everything that's necessary for you to be restored to a right relationship with God the Father. Because Jesus came, he lived on the earth, he taught, he did miracles, he died on a cross, he was in the tomb for three days, and he rose again three days later victorious, and he beat death and sin and hell, and he made the way for you to come clean. And he paid the bill for all of your sins, failings, and shortcomings. He paid it. You don't have to pay it. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. And it says that the wages of sin, what you earn for sin is death. Jesus paid that price and you don't have to. So just quick before we go, if your relationship is busted, maybe you've walked away, maybe you have given up, and today you want to say, I'm coming back. I want that relationship to be restored. Jesus, I give you my life. Or maybe for the first time, Jesus, I want to give you my life and I want to learn what this means. I want to live the life that guy's talking about. And with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, I'm not going to ask you to do anything. I won't call you up front. I won't send you to a weird room. I just want you to respond in your seat right where you are. So if that's you, if you've got a broken relationship or you want to start a relationship, would you just put your hand up right now? Just put it up real courageous and brave. Awesome. Just put it up and you can put it right back down. Who else? Who else wants to join us? Awesome. Great. Who else? Anybody else want to join? We're just going to pray for you. Anybody else? You want to join in on this prayer? Ah, I love it. Who else? Anybody else? Yeah, thank you. Who else? Who else? Amazing. Thank you, Jesus. It's a big part of the reason we're here, folks. So if that's you, I just want you to pray this prayer, kind of similar to I'm praying. just want you to pray it from your heart. You're going to turn away from your sinful life, and you're going to give your life to Jesus. So Jesus, today we come to you, and we ask you to forgive us. Forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for my pride. Forgive me for my shortcomings and failings. Today, I surrender my life. I believe you died on the cross for me and you paid my bill. And I receive that payment today. Would you please come and be the Lord of my life? I give you all of me. I turn away from my sin and I give my life to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So Father, I pray that you would bless each one of those and give them the strength to move forward and that you would help us as a family, as a body of believers to continue to push forward, remembering the why and leaving a legacy. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, hey, everybody, that's some good decisions made today. Let's give God thanks and praise and honor for that. That's a good deal.